Hello, my name is Gareth Davies and welcome to the Kiwi Astronomers. I have with me today, a John, as usual, John Drummond, who's a fellow of the Royal Astronomical Society of New Zealand. He runs uh, Gisborne Astro Tours and he is the IAU National Outreach Coordinator for New Zealand. And I know that because I've got it written down here in front of me. John, good afternoon. How are you? Hi, Gareth. Good to see you. Yeah. How are things in sunny Gisborne? Yeah, nope, sunny. It's a beautiful sunny day today. Had a surf this morning, so I'm all happy. Wow, you lucky thing. So you're not in lockdown, obviously. No, no. All right. So today, of course, um, is uh, a vaxathon in, in New Zealand. Yeah, have Super you been, Saturday. Have you been watching it on the television? Uh, no, no, I haven't. Thank you very much for your vaccination. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very, very much. Thank you very much for your vaccination. You remember the good old days of the telethon? Yes, I do. Yep. yep. Why did that? Why did that stop? Do you remember? Don't know. It sure. sort of was. They were always raising gazillions of dollars, and then suddenly they stopped. Which yeah, I don't quite understand. But still, the vaccathon seems to be going well. Over a hundred thousand people vaccinated okay. today. Yep. One I'm well what I don't understand is why they, why they waited so long. But anyway, why <laughs> should I ask that question? Yeah. All right. So today we are going to talk about Saturn. Um, and John, uh, tell me something about Saturn that I don't know. Okay. Well, you probably know, Gareth, that today is Saturday and we get our name for Saturday after the planet Saturn. So, of course, we had Monday after the moon, moon day, Sunday after the sun, and, and so on. So, yeah, Saturn, Saturn is the day um, that we celebrate, the planet we're celebrating today. Um, Saturn's the second largest planet in the solar system. It's the planet that most kids know. Ask a child to draw a planet, and they'll probably draw a planet with rings around it like Saturn. So it's the second largest planet in the solar system. It's a, it's a beautiful planet to look at. In fact, last night I was, I was out with my telescope looking at it and it was about probably about 250 times magnification and it was i had it zoomed in quite well and could just see some really nice features on the surface and also on the rings uh and also titan one of the moons of saturn sitting beside it so yeah it's really beautiful didn't uh, galileo see it and it looked like he had it, it it had ears didn't he think it was a strange planet with ears that's right. Because of the telescope that Galileo had, it wasn't, didn't have the resolution that later telescopes would have. So when he saw it, it looked like an elongated planet with ears either side. He, he couldn't actually discern it as rings. So it wasn't until, uh, gee, 1655 when um, Christian Huygens, I believe it was, he, he was the one who actually had a, had a better telescope and with the better resolution was able to, to see that they were rings going around Saturn. Christian Huygens, didn't he invent the ground for the clock? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. A lot of these <laughs> old astronomers were very much tied up in other aspects of science and technology too. Yeah. Seems a bit strange that he invented the ground for the clock, don't you think? <laughs> I'm a big fan. I don't have one. I used to have, I used to have two, but... I left them back in Britain, but uh, yeah, well, there you well, go, Christian Huygens, yeah. Back in the old days, t every observatory needed a reliable clock. 
So, ah, of course. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. All that la longitude and all that stuff as well, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Clock making was very important. So anyway, Huygens, Huygens spotted they were rings, did he? Yes, he did. Yep. What about so, Cassini? What about Cassini? Who's he? Who he? Uh, Cassini is a is a an astronomer, later astronomer who who saw the rings. That in the rings there was actually a gap uh, between the rings. We we when you're looking through a telescope, you'll probably see two main rings with a gap between them. Ring A, which is on the outer edge of the rings, then the Cassini gap that Cassini discovered, and then the B ring coming closer to the planet. And in fact, there's a C ring too, which is uh, even closer to the planet, but that's that's harder to see. It's not as not as reflective, not as bright as the ring A and B. Right. But you were out watching it last night. Yeah, yeah. So easily saw rings A and B and the Cassini division between them and the features on the planet. I mean, Saturn doesn't have nearly as many features as, say, Jupiter with the, the belts going across it and the zones. And, and last night, I, when I was looking at Jupiter, I saw the great red spot and things. Saturn is more uh, sort of more neutral as far as the, the surface features, but it does have them, but they don't stand out as much as Jupiter. Well, you were seeing the, the big red spot, what are uh, the storm? On Jupiter, what um, what what scope were you actually looking through? Last night I was using a uh, half meter, twenty inch <laughs> F F three, yeah F three telescope. But uh, I had I had a two times Barlow and a seventeen mil eyepiece, and so it worked out about 200, 250 times magnification. So so it wasn't like your normal looking through a um. Uh, an eight-inch Dobsonian, then? No, no, no. A little, little bit more magnification, yeah. But, I mean, the eight-inch Dobsonian can zoom in if it's a very steady night. You can you can put a barlow there and, like, a, a 10 mil eyepiece or whatever. Problem is, when you do zoom in of a Dobsonian, because the Earth's rotating, the target will move out of the field of view fairly rapidly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've never properly um being able to spot the cassini division through my eight inch um dob and, and by the same token i've never been able to spot the um, great rod red spot either um on jupiter oh, you'll, you'll so, um, have to come to a gisborne astro tour gareth yeah it must be my eyesight i don't know something, <laughs> something something's wrong uh, but anyway so tell us some tell us some of the facts about about uh uh about Saturn, how far away? How big yeah, sure. is it? How okay. how long is a year? How long is it? How long does it take you around the sun? All that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. Well, Saturn takes twenty nine point four years to go around the sun, so roughly thirty years to go around the sun, wow. as opposed to Earth, which takes one year to go around the sun. Yeah. Um, Jupiter takes about twelve years, so Saturn being further out from Jupiter, roughly double the distance from Jupiter, takes takes you know a lot longer so about 30 years to go around the sun right uh one day on saturn lasts about 10 hours 13 minutes at the equator at the poles it's actually 10 hours 39 minutes so there's a there's a certain amount of uh, rotational differentiation between the pole and the the equator wow. um saturn's basically a big gas ball a big ball of hydrogen and helium and uh it's actually 
it's not gravitationally large enough to compress the hydrogen and helium down like Jupiter. So because of that, it's actually a very, well, it's not a very dense planet at all. It's, the density, density is about 0 0.7 grams per cubic centimetre. So remember, water is one gram per cubic centimetre. So that means that if you had a swimming pool large enough and you put uh, Saturn on it, Saturn would actually float in the swimming pool, like a big big beach ball, basically. Oh, wow. I, I'm yeah. finding that hard to imagine, but <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Um, and have we sent many spacecraft there to, to check it out? Yeah, so a lot of our knowledge about Saturn came from the probes. So in, in, in 1979, uh, Pioneer 11 went past it and, and took some, some photos. And with later probes, the camera cameras got better, uh, the resolution got better. So Voyager 1 went past in 1980, Voyager 2 in 1981. And then the Cassini space probe reached Saturn in 2004 and did multiple orbits of the planet. Uh, uh, and got some fantastic images of it. And, and of course, it hold, had a whole suite of scientific instruments to, to test the gravity of it, magnetosphere, uh, and, and, and so on. So, yeah, a, lo a lot of our knowledge has come from uh, those probes. And they actually put a, a probe on the other side of Saturn from the sun. And using a thing called the forward scattering of, of light, it actually picked up all these rays and, and maybe additional rings and so on. It's a very famous photo. And there's a little dot in the rings, and that dot is Earth, taken from the other side of, of Saturn. Was that another was that another um, uh, probe, or was, or was that the, the, the Cassini? I think that might, that was the Cassini probe that took that photo. Didn't it have another one that, that dropped down onto, onto Titan? Yes, so they, um, they sent a probe down to Titan and got some fantastic images. Uh, and the data, I think the, I think it lasted for about an hour uh, and uh, when it landed on Titan, uh, as far as sending uh, temperature and, and other other readings back, they found on Titan that that it's actually a has large lakes. I mean, these <coughs> lakes are larger than Lake Superior in in the United States. One of them is called Kraken Mare, and it's a really large lake. It's not liquid water like we have liquid water. It's more liquid methane. And with the winds on Titan, it actually makes waves. So they've detected that there are waves on this lake on another world, which makes oh. all surfers excited. So how many moons has, or satellites, has Saturn actually got? <laughs> That's the million-dollar question. But as far as discovered satellites that we know of it's it's in the in the high 80s so i think i think the last count i read was about 88 satellites going around saturn um titan is the largest uh satellite going around saturn it's actually between mercury and mars in size so it's actually larger than mercury it's about 5100 kilometers across and it was discovered by christian huygens in, in um, 1665 and uh, so, so that's that 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 satellite. Uh, Saturn has other very interesting satellites. One 
is called Mimus and it, or Mimus. I'm not sure how you say it. It looks like the Death Star in Star Wars. So it's a, wow. a, basically a, a ball with a giant big crater sitting on it, like the Death Star. Wow. So that, that's quite a famous one. It's a very small moon, but it, it looks cool. And then you can't one, see, one, you can't see it with a telescope though, right? Oh, uh, I, I don't know offhand. Don't know. Yeah. Um, another very interesting moon going around Saturn is Enceladus, and uh, that's actually when they were photographing it. Uh, there was a lady called a scientist called Caroline Porker, and she she. Uh, actually happened to just look at the images just as everyone was going to bed and she saw these these interesting plumes coming out of it and they realized later that Enceladus has these cryovolcanic act activity on it so it's, it's spewing out basically salt water into wow. into the um into the into space so that's that's really exciting because Enceladus as it goes around Saturn there's another moon uh I think it's Dion and that's as Enceladus comes between Saturn and Dion, it actually gets stretched by the two and, and then possibly uh, squeezed back as it goes out from between the, the line of the, those two objects. And so it's, it's making this, this uh, these cryovolcanism events on it. So there's possibly a large substantial uh, ocean underneath um, Enceladus under the, under, under the ice and so on. But uh, no sign of any life. Not that we know of. Astronomers would love to send a probe there to actually be able to go into the water and, and test it for microbes. There's other, other satellites out there that we'd love to send probes to, like Ganymede um, and, and a few others, basically, where we believe there is a, 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 a liquid ocean underneath a, a solid ice covering. Is there any um, reason behind the names? They don't seem to have any kind of um, link, you know? Oh, yeah, no. So, some of them were um, named after deities. Yeah, quite a, quite a few were. Are they all deities, lesser, are they? Yeah, lesser known deities and so Titan's, on. Titan's not a deity, though. Weren't they, weren't they some bad dudes? Yeah, well, you know what I mean, Greek mythology and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about Saturn itself? What's, where did that name come from? Um, it's, it's named after the Roman god of wealth and agriculture. Oh, uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad you had the answer to that because if you didn't, I read it this afternoon. I was going to pop in, but oh, okay, sorry, mate. Um, <laughs> in the Greek, it's known as Kronos. Hmm? In the Greek, yeah, Saturn is known is known as Kronos. Kronos. Yeah. Oh, that's 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 quite a. It would be Kronos. Then, wouldn't it? What's that? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Krona Day, Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so um, Saturn, Saturn actually has some some interesting features. It's got incredibly strong winds uh, that blow around the equator roughly at about eighteen hundred kilometers per hour. So faster than Jupiter's winds, but not as fast as Neptune's winds, oh. uh, which is kind of strange because you'd think that. Jupiter being closer to the sun receives more solar energy and therefore would have stronger winds and so on. But no, Saturn has actually got the stronger winds. And Saturn being twice as far from the sun as Jupiter receives a quarter of the amount of solar radiation from the sun as Jupiter does. But well, wouldn't it be wonderful 
if Jupiter and Saturn were reversed, whenever I look up at the night sky, I always think, wow, imagine if they were in reverse positions, how wonderful Saturn would look if it was like, you know, that much closer and we'd be able to see so many more features, wouldn't we? Uh, yes, yes, you'd, you'd probably see, probably see uh, some more features, but as far as Jupiter's got more features in the clouds. That's true. That's true. I forgot about yeah. that. It's got, and it's got, um, it's got, although we would see more moons, right? We would see more of Saturn's moons if it was closer. Yeah, yeah, because they're closer, possibly. Yep, yeah, that's right. And, and I, and of course, Titan's the second largest of all the solar satellites, right? That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. After Ganymede. Yeah, it's quite it's quite clear, obviously, when you when you even through my eight inch, you can always spot um spot Titan. Um, there is another bright light light when you look at it, but I, I'm I'm thinking that might be a distant star. Am I right about that? Rather than a rather than a satellite. Yeah, uh, sometimes, I mean it's only sometimes. Yeah, can be chance alignments um, of of stars and so on. But if you if you crank up the magnification, view it when there's no moon in the sky, then you can probably pick up some of the fainter ones, fainter um, satellites. You know, besides Titan, just right. don't ask me them offhand. offhand. Right. So of course, um, uh, uh, Saturn was part of the Great Conjunction, right? Last Christmas. That's right. On December twenty second. In 2021, Saturn and Jupiter were in the same telescope field. Yeah. So, so that that was exciting. We 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 had over three nights. We had, uh, gee, probably about 200 people come out to Gisborne Astro Tours to have a look at the look at the two, and they really did look amazing to see them both sitting side by side in the same telescope field. Yeah, we had a few on Waiheke. We had a couple of nights on Waiheke Island um, with people coming out. We had a hundred over 100 people one night. Right. Uh, but it, but the weather wasn't the greatest in Auckland. Um, but I do remember telling everybody that um, they should enjoy the rings of Saturn because slowly but surely the, the atmosphere, the gravity, gravitational field of Saturn was pulling in uh, those rings and that eventually those rings will disappear. Yeah, and in 2025, so in four years' time, they will disappear as seen from Earth. Uh, yeah, they'll but, be edge on. Is that right? In how many years? In four years' time. Oh, my 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 story was, of course, that they will disappear totally. But then I yeah, tell them well, not, to, not to worry; you won't be for three hundred million years. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, they, they didn't have to rush out. But that's right. One, once every certain period, fourteen or fifteen years, right? Yeah, that's that's right. Because Saturn is tilted on its axis, and so sometimes from Earth we're actually looking down onto the rings. Sometimes we're looking. Uh, from the other direction we're looking into the south pole and a uh, polar region and we're looking up into the rings but when the rings actually uh become edge onto us then they disappear because they're only about probably about 10 or 20 meters thick the the rings i mean the the 274,000 kilometers from edge to edge which is almost the distance from the earth to the moon which is a, a large area but when you look at edge on very thin so in 2025 between now and then keep an eye on saturn you'll slowly see the rings get less less prominent less prominent less prominent until they tilt until they edge onto us they disappear and then after 2025 um they'll start reappearing so so they'll get quite so everybody going wow because you know as you know 
when you show people that Saturn for the first time, they go, wow. And frankly, when you see Saturn for the second time or the 10th time, you know, even the 50th time, you still go, wow, because it looks so amazing. But suddenly people are just going to sort of say, oh, I thought it had rings. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's so, very, uh, I mean, very disappointing. It won't be long until the rings start coming out as a, a very thin line and then further and further and, and, and get larger. It's quite interesting, Gareth, that if you added all the material of the rings together to make one moon, it would make a satellite of about 100 kilometers in diameter. Am I, is that amazing or, or not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, last night I, I had someone at the telescope tour and the person said, gee, if you added all the ring material up, because we're looking at Saturn, if you added all the ring material up, it must be a large body. And, and I said, no, it's only about a, a diameter of about 100 kilometers. No, that's so not a very it's big not, It's object. not much. It's not much, right? Not that's much, it, no. Yeah, that's no. what I thought. It's just spread out. Most of the chunks in, in the rings range from, you know, dust-sized particles up to um, sort of like five or 10 meters. But mo most of the material they that the probes found was around about 10 centimeters across. Uh, by the way, you can't, there are some moons within the rings, right? Yeah, there are, they're, they're called shepherd moons. Oh. Yep. And, and some of them have an effect that they're, they're actually uh, carving out gaps in the rings. Like in the A ring, there's a thing called the crep ring, C-R-E-P-E. -E. And one of the moons is actually- As in the crepe that you eat. Yeah, 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 that's right. Oh. And, and one of the rings is actually affecting the the uh, the rotational velocity in that ring, slowing down the outer part, speeding up the inner part of the of the A ring, and that's causing a division to occur. Of oh, I think it's about fifty kilometers or so across, uh, or so. So yeah, so these shepherd moons do have an effect on them. In fact, there's there's also rings out by out in the outer parts of the rings where there might be cryovolcanism and, and so on, which what? is spewing out material what? and, and feeding was, the rings. What was that word? Cryovolcanism. So it's oh. like volcanism, but ah. instead of lava... Scrabble. You should be playing Scrabble. Yeah. That's like that's a 500-point 500, 500 word, that one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, so instead of spewing out lava, you know, as we know of uh, Monica, um, Hawaii and so on, it actually spews out... Uh, basically liquid, volatile materials like liquids, uh, waters, and, and, and so on. Now, tell me something, John. Uh, for those who, who are looking on YouTube, there's a wonderful picture behind you of, of, of Saturn. Uh, oh, oh, wow. It looks, yeah, and uh, did, did you take that by any chance? <laughs> I wish. No, I believe that. I think that's, <laughs> yeah. the, the correct answer is yes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can't <laughs> on lie iPhone, on, on YouTube. On my iPhone. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not sure. I just got this a couple of seconds before we started. It might be Hubble or it might be a probe uh, picture. I would say it's probably a probe picture from looking where the shadow alignment is. Oh, but it's yeah. A, it, actually, oh, it yeah, must that's, be. That's a good you point. You can see on the, on the left side of the image that there's a lot of shadow. And from yeah, Earth, can. we can't see that shadow from I from thought Earth. that was something growing out of the side of your head, but now <laughs> it is not. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway... Um, so you must, you being an imager, you must have got some pretty nice images of Saturn over the years. Uh, yes, I have. Um, I, I must admit, planetary photography is something I never really got into. I, I'm more deep sky, comets, asteroids, um, uh, galaxies, and, and, and so on, nebulae. Planetary images, imaging requires a, a webcam, basically, where you take a whole heap of photos 
like many hundreds of them over 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 minutes and then you put them into software it picks out the best images and then stacks those images to create the, the master image and then you you process it i, I must get into um into uh, some uh, webcam photography of planets oh because when you when i last saw you in auckland uh, before the lockdown you give me all the simple instructions on how to set up a camera to, to take pictures of the moon and what have you yeah um, uh, that seemed relatively straightforward right yeah, yeah, yeah i mean you can can get images through a telescope like even your dobsonian you could put your your cell phone up to it and, and get a snapshot um, as long as it's not a long exposure and Saturn will, will move during the exposure. I mean, last night, somebody got a, a, a nice photo. They put their, their cell phone up to the eyepiece and got a nice photo of the moon. Uh, oh. And they were really happy about that. I find so that a very hit or miss thing, though, with my iPhone. I've got some contraption that I bought and I stick it on the end and it's, it's really annoying. Um, and I'm trying to get my iPhone and they didn't help by putting all those extra lenses on the iPhone, you know, to give you, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. wonderful in the day. It's wonderful for normal photography, but once you try to use it for the moon and what have you, it's the most annoying um, experience ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's worth telling everybody that they should get out now and enjoy looking at Saturn if they get the chance, because very soon, four years time, is that right? We're going to see no, you mean we'll see absolutely, it'll look just like Jupiter? Yeah, pretty much. Just Only a bland, but it'll be bland. It won't have, have the features of Jupiter. Oh, God, it's not terrible. Yeah. And I'm also sorry. bear in mind that now's the time to be looking at Jupiter and Saturn because slowly they're edging towards the sunset. Yeah. And yeah. so probably it'll be, I don't know, I, I, I must look it up. But it's probably around about January. We'll, they'll be too close to the sun. They'll be on the other side of the sun, so we won't see them until the morning sky. How, how long will we have to wait? Do you, do you, can, do you know? It's an awful uh, late that. Well, last year, last year they disappeared around about January. So it'll sort of be roughly around about the same time, maybe a little bit later, February. That's a terrible wait. That's a terrible wait. Anyway, yeah. okay. Well, that's pretty good. I hope people have um, I hope people have uh, learned something about Saturn, certainly to get out there and watch it. Um, yeah. there is one there is one thing that uh, before we wrap that I wanted to tell you about. You know about, of course, about the International Dark Sky Association and IDA and work it's doing internationally to um, to try and save our skies so that um, we'd be able to go out and enjoy dark skies rather than the awful urban scapes that yeah. the vast majority of the people in this world now have to put up with. And um, every year, I don't know if you're up to date with this news, they give a dark sky um, defender award out. You know about that? Heard about that? No. The dark no, sky defender award. What they do is, they give one to, um, it's given to individuals and organizations in recognition of their efforts to promote and advance the mission and programs of IDA um, to preserve the night um, skies on each of the six inhabited continents. So the penguins don't get any in the, in the South Pole, um, but because they'd be winning it every year, of course. Uh, but they give one, uh, this year there's one that's gone to Tanzania, so that'll be Asia, I suppose. Uh, no, Tanzania, Africa. Malaysia, that'll be um, Asia. Slovenia, that'll be Europe. USA, somebody in the USA has got one. Somebody in Argentina has got one, so South America. And then, of course, there's Australasia. And somebody in New Zealand was awarded one this year. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, okay. amazing, eh? Yeah. And do you know who that person was? No. Me. <laughs> really, Gareth? <laughs> oh, classic. Yeah. Can you believe well done. it? Can you believe awesome. it? Dark Sky Defender. I'm just going to rip up my shirt. No, no. <laughs> uh, because of lockdown, I haven't had the chance to get that. <laughs> what have I got under here? Oh, nothing. <laughs> a polo shirt. This is a family show, Gareth. Oh, so, yeah. So how about that? Oh, well done, Gareth. Isn't that good? That's really good. I'm really, um, I'm really pleased. Uh, oh, hey. And it's not like I haven't done my bit for dark skies yeah, that's, um, that's around right. the country and, and 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 on Waiheke Island in particular when I, when I'm allowed to go back there. <laughs> Jeez, that's <laughs> so, great. Uh, so yeah, I was really pleased about that. So you'll, you'll have to send me the details so I can put it in the next Royal Astronomical Society yeah, and keep I, in touch. I can, I can also send you some signed photographs. Yep. My, <laughs> okay. Because I'm sure they're going to be in big demand. Yeah, oh, definitely. Dark sky defender. <laughs> there you go. So oh, well done, Gareth. You, you. you deserve it. Thank you. All work to, that you and you and Nalani do. Well done. Thank you to the um, International Dark Sky Association in Tucson, Arizona. And yeah. if anybody wants to read about it, you can go to their website. And, and there's a picture of me standing um, in front of my um, equatorial um, mead, uh, which happens to be located on Stony Bata. Uh, on the uh, eastern end of um, in, in, of Waiheke Island, in one of the ammunition um, buildings that they built in 1944 to repel, um, I won't say who they were, but there were people planning to invade. It's not good to say it these days, but there were there was a nation planning to invade New Zealand, um, and we had some guns there, but they never fired in anger. Um, yeah, yeah. But in in the in the in the place where all the shells were stored, or certainly where the people wait, waited to go and get the shells, that's where my mead is. And at some point in the future, we hope to bring it into the into the light of the night and uh, let people see the dark sky there. Anyway, that's me standing in front of it. In case yeah. anybody goes there and looks at the picture. All right, enough of this wittering on by me. <laughs> Thanks, John. Um, we will talk again soon about uh, a, a suitable topic and um, I'll play you out with our, our, our favorite song. Okay. Thank Please you, Gareth. Take care. Bye, man. See you, mate. Take me to Callisto so I can see the stars. I want to view the Milky Way from a terraform base on Mars. From a terraform base on Mars. From a terraform base on Mars.